Joe Biden gives an endless State of the Union address in which he lies repeatedly and yells at Americans about how democracy is finished unless we spend endless amounts of money. And the media predictably gush. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. The Ben Shapiro Show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Protect your online privacy today at expressvpn.com slash Ben. So last night is one of the worst events in American life, the State of the Union Address. Yes, I hate it with the fiery passion of a thousand suns. Doesn't matter who the president is. I've said a thousand times, I despise the State of the Union Address. It is a monarchic institution that has nothing to do with the actual constitutional mandate for a State of the Union statement. He could have signed a letter and been done with it. Instead, we sat through an old man yelling at clouds for an hour. If you missed the speech last night, I'm going to give you the real brief version right now. All you have to do, just to relive it, head on over to your local old age home, find a slightly deranged geriatric, and let him yell at you about airline fees for about an hour. That's pretty much what it was last night. Now, there was always some drama. They had some Republicans in the chamber who were yelling at the president. You had Marjorie Taylor Greene, for example, who seemed to be wearing a Cruella de Vil coat, yelling at the president of the United States. She was actually carrying a balloon beforehand, which, you had Kirsten Sinema, who's dressed up like Big Bird. Like, there were, some, there were some theatrics that were involved. Mitt Romney, before the speech, went over to George Santos and told him he didn't belong in the chamber and then went and clapped with all the Democrats. It was just... Everyone is stupid and everything is stupid. And I am never more cynical than I am the morning after the State of the Union address, especially given the fact that the media praised this thing to the skies. Apparently, Joe Biden was unbelievable, according to our genius members of the Praetorian Guard media. He did an amazing job. I will let you judge, however, for yourself, how the president of the United States did. So they shot him full of amphetamines or something. And, uh, and then he came on stage. And as you can see, he's uh, looking all weird. Uh, he's he's you know, looking a lot older than he did even when he took office. He's 80 years old now. If he were to run for and win re-election, he would be 86 years old in his last year in office, which is really, really old. And he is not like a good 80. He is a not amazing 80. I know a lot of 80-year-olds who are in better shape than Joe Biden. Uh, Joe Biden showed it last night. And there was an attempt to, to, again, maintain that the bar is so low that if he crosses it, like if he speaks basic English without botching it too much, that this is a big win for him. Anyway, he starts off this speech by botching a joke about Chuck Schumer, and it was kind of downhill from there. Here we go. And congratulations to Chuck Schumer. Another, uh, you know, another term as Senate Minority Leader. Uh, you know, I think you, uh, only this time you have a slightly bigger majority, Mr. Leader. You're the Majority Leader. About that much bigger? Yeah. Well, I tell you what. Well, I tell you what, that, that, is, that is not good. So you have, you have Chuck Schumer cracking his Joker grin, and you have Joe Biden wandering through cornfields, and Kamala Harris sitting in the background like, man, the chances that he keels over in the middle of the speech are not insignificant. Kamala's like, maybe I'll become president tonight. Like, she was pretty excited last night. So the, the speech broke down into a few parts. Part one was, what an amazing job Joe Biden has done. And nobody actually believes this. By the polling data, he's still in the low 40s in terms of approval rating. People are very skeptical about the state of the economy. He told a bunch of whoppers right here. He made claims without context. And the Democrats all stood up and cheered, of course. So he began by touting his economic record. And um, here, the, the lies just began. And they, they really didn't stop the whole way. Two years ago, the economy was reeling. I stand here tonight after we've created, with the help of many people in this room, 12 million new jobs, more jobs created in two years than any president's created in four years. And two years ago, COVID had shut down, our businesses were closed, our schools were robbed of so much. And today, COVID no longer controls our lives. Okay, so 
again, the number of lies packed into that fairly short segment, I mean, that, that is about a 25-second clip. The number of lies there, a lot. So, number one, he says, two years ago, our economy was reeling. Well, actually, actually, two years ago was February of 2021. The recovery had already begun by February of 2021. And when he says that he has created a record 12 million new jobs, he, of course, is ignoring the fact that we had the greatest artificially induced economic coma of all time in 2020. And so if you look at a chart of employment destruction and creation, what it looks like is employment is going like this under Trump, and then bam, it falls directly off the table. And then in the last months of the Trump presidency, it spikes back up and is going right back toward the line where it was before. And then it sort of levels off. And so we're missing all these jobs between where we could have been if Joe Biden weren't a terrible economic president and where we are. But he says he's responsible for all the job creation from something he had nothing to do with. Well, I, I really dislike it when presidents declare, of either party, by the way, that they create jobs. No, you don't. You don't. I don't see you hiring all 300 of our employees here at Daily Wire. We created those jobs, and really, our consumers created those jobs. You had nothing to do with it. All you do is siphon off a bunch of money from us and from our consumers. That's what you do. You steal the money from the people, and then you give it to your favorite political causes. So don't pretend that the government is a quote-unquote job creator. The government can be a job killer, but it takes actual individual human beings to create jobs. Uh, so I, I hate that short of shtick. That, that's not the only lie there either. Then he says, two years ago, COVID shut down our businesses and closed our schools and robbed us. No, well, it didn't do it by itself, dude. I mean, to be fair, you did that thing. Twas thee. It's, it's an absurdity that, that, that all these people who are responsible for shutting down the economy are now claiming that they had nothing to do with any of it. It's just bizarrely magical. COVID just, did you know that COVID shut down our entire economy? Because I remember government actors where I was living in California literally saying you could not go into your place of work. So a lot of, a lot of lies just in the first couple of minutes of Joe Biden's speech. We're going to continue with that in just one second. First, the simple fact of the matter is you can't trust Joe Biden, obviously. And why would you trust Joe Biden and his minions not to spy on you online? Because they are. I mean, the members of the government, they are spying on you online. They're they're checking on what you do. They are coordinating with big tech. It's a really perverse relationship. They work hand in glove together. Why would you let them grab your data? You don't like them and they don't like you very much. So stop letting them grab your data. Instead, head on over to ExpressVPN. Big government would love to have all that data. Don't let them have it. Your internet service provider can keep logs of your internet activity. With ExpressVPN, your internet activity is completely hidden. All it takes is one easy tap of a button for ExpressVPN to secure all of your devices. One button, you click it. It's now downloaded. You hit another button, and now it's activated, and now you're protected because it anonymizes your online action. And again, you don't want prying eyes on your online action, whether it's the government, big tech, or hackers. Stop letting the government spy on you. Take back your privacy and freedom at expressvpn.com slash Ben. Get three extra months for free. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash Ben. Get this special offer for my listeners, expressvpn.com slash Ben. Once more, expressvpn.com slash Ben. It is indispensable. I use it every single day, expressvpn.com slash Ben. We'll get to more on that in just one moment. First. Free, you know that that word. It should mean free, which is why when you switch to Pure Talk today, you will get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that is built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just thirty-five bucks monthly for unlimited talk, text, fifteen gigs of data, plus mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. Pure Talk saves the average family almost $1,000 a year. Plus, 
With Pure Talk, you know you're spending your hard-earned money with a company that aligns with your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Head on over to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and claim eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro. Switch to my cell phone company of excellent coverage. That coverage has been getting me through the day for the last couple of years. They're awesome. They don't hate you. So what do you have to lose? Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and switch over today. Okay, so Joe Biden is going through his great achievements. His great achievements apparently include being alive and things happening, right? Because that's what happened when the jobs were created again. And also, apparently, saving democracy, right? This is one that he gives himself credit for. He keeps talking. This is his shtick. He did this during the election cycle. He did it post the election cycle. This notion that his presidency stood between America and the abyss, that American democracy has been in serious danger for the last several years because a bunch of droogs decided that they were going to run into the Capitol building and get themselves arrested. He did that routine again last night. He's going to continue doing this until he's no longer president. Years ago, democracy faced its greatest threats in the Civil War, and today, though bruised, our democracy remains unbowed and unbroken. Okay, how many words did he slur in that particular clip? Let us count the ways. <laughs> democracy. Are you guys fans of democracy? I'm a fan of democracy. How about you? Essentially, the speech, and it was more than an hour, was one long word punctuated by, come on, man, and then random yelling at Republicans. So that, that was good. He then explained how he thought the 2022 election went. Apparently, the clear message from the 2022 election is bipartisanship. And this is one of these shticks that, that Biden really does that's grating as all hell. He says, I, I'm, I'm a bipartisan guy. I like working across the other side of the aisle. Also, all of my opponents are responsible for Paul Pelosi being hit in the head with a hammer. He literally said that at the end of the speech. But we'll get to that in a moment. Here, here's Joe Biden talking about how the, the message is we all have to work together. Also, my Republican opponents are the worst people on earth. I think the people sent us a clear message. Fighting for the sake of fighting. Power for the sake of power. Conflict for the sake of conflict gets us nowhere. That's always been my vision of our country. And I know it's many of yours. To restore the soul of this nation. This old doof is not restoring the soul of anything. I'm really sick of the religious language that is placed around politics. It makes me kind of nauseous. You used to get this with Barack Obama also. Remember Michelle Obama said that, that Barack Obama was going to restore the soul of our nation. But apparently, it has to be done repeatedly. Apparently, we all have exercised, we have to exercise our demons every so often with the Democratic president. So Barack Obama was going to restore the soul of the nation. And then apparently, Donald Trump stole the soul or something. And now, Joe Biden is back here. If you think this corrupt old politician is going to save the soul of the nation, you have another think coming. It is very, very silly. And it's insulting. And again, it's a substitute of politics for religion, which is in and of itself blasphemous. And then he got to inflation. And of course, he's going to claim that he did a great job on inflation. He did not. This is clip five. Inflation has been a global problem because the pandemic disrupted our supply chains and Putin's unfair and brutal war in Ukraine disrupted energy supplies as well as food supplies, blocking all that grain in Ukraine. But we're better positioned than any country on Earth right now. But we have more to do. But here at home, inflation is coming down. Um, yeah, this is inspiring, inspiring words from a very, very shouty president of the United States. Again, everything bad that happens is an extraneous event. And everything good that happens is Joe Biden's massive accomplishment. So it doesn't matter that inflation preceded the war in Ukraine. It doesn't matter that Joe Biden accelerated the inflation by pouring money on the, on the giant gas fire of inflation. It doesn't matter that inflation rate is coming down. Inflation is still in December at 6.5%. We aim for 2% from the Federal Reserve. So that means that it is approximately 325% higher than it should be normally. So just really well done there. Okay, but 
Joe Biden has a solution. Then we get into section two of the speech. So section one is all of my massive accomplishments. And everybody's looking around going, what? And then we get to section two of the speech. Since he's done such an amazing job, and since the American public failed to put Republicans in charge of the Senate, largely because Republicans decided to raid the local homeless shelter for candidates, Joe Biden believes that he now has a mandate to, wait for it, wait for it, spend more money. Yes, you didn't see that coming, did you? Joe Biden, the greatest spender in American history, wants to spend more money. So he laid out a wish list of things that he wishes to spend money on. And the answer is pretty much everything. Because as you know, folks, when you got a $32 trillion national debt, when your debt to GDP ratio is now running at 125, 130%, what we need to do clearly is spend more. When we have inflation raging at 6.5%, what we need is to spend more money. I mean, any genius will tell you this, even if his hair plugs, which are now falling out, even if they've grown directly into his brainstem, here is the president of the United States, and he's going to tell you about all the different ways he's going to spend money that he either creates from thin air to inflate the currency or that he's going to seize from you. And when we do these projects, and again, I get criticized for this, but I make no excuses for it. What was that? We're going to buy American. We're going to buy Amadou. Yeah. And it's totally... It's totally consistent with international trade rules. Buy America has been the law since 1933, but for too long, past administrations, Democrat and Republican, have fought to get around it. Not anymore. Yeah. Tonight, I'm announcing new standards require all new construction standard. materials used in federal infrastructure projects to be made in America. Yeah, expensive stuff. You pay for it, my friends. Woo! So uh, let me explain something about the autarky driven nature of what he's talking about. You get to pay for all that. When he says buy American, what he essentially means that we should spend more money as taxpayers for things, quote unquote, made in America. And it'll cost you. You're the one who's going to have to pay. He's not paying for anything. He doesn't pay for things. He's a government bureaucrat. who has been on the dole for the last 60 years of his life. Come on. Come on. Well, you know, if we're talking about people who are dependent on your dollars, you know who else is dependent on your dollars? Woke corporations. They actually are dependent on your dollars, which it really begs the question as to why you are spending your dollars with corporations that hate your gods and then use your money against you. I will tell you about a company that's not going to do that. That is Pure Talk. So it turns out that Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile, these are all run by people who do not like you very much. They don't like your politics. They spend money on political causes you don't approve of. Pure Talk is not that. Proudly veteran-owned, employs a U.S.-based customer service team, and absolutely refuses to spend money on things like woke news networks. Pure Talk's service is excellent. It's one of the largest networks in the country. You can get data, talk, and text for as low as 30 bucks a month. It's probably half of what you're paying for Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. You can switch over to Pure Talk in as little as 10 minutes while keeping your phone and your phone number as well. Your first month is guaranteed risk-free. Try it. If you're not completely happy with the service, you will get your money back. This year, make it a goal to support companies who actually don't hate you. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Shapiro, save 50% off your very first month of coverage. That is puretalk.com, promo code Shapiro. Pure Talk is simply smarter. Wireless do the same thing I did. I switched over to Pure Talk with my business calls. You should do the same thing. puretalk.com, enter promo code Shapiro, save 50% off your very first month. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, not only do blinds enhance the aesthetic appeal of your home, they also offer practical benefits. By effectively blocking out harmful UV rays, they help protect your furniture and flooring from fading, ensuring your interiors retain their beauty for years to come. Their insulating properties help regulate the temperature inside your home, keeping it comfortable year-round while potentially reducing your energy bills. With over 40,000 five-star reviews, Blinds.com is the number one online retailer of custom window coverings. You can measure and install them yourself or have Blinds.com send local professionals to take care of the installation for you. There's no showroom, no retail markets, no no matter how many, or installation is just one low cost. 
And if you don't have an eye for design, Blinds.com experts are always available to help choose the style and color right for you. Everything they sell is covered by their perfect fit and 100% satisfaction guarantee. With hundreds of styles and colors to choose from, Blinds.com is sure to have the perfect treatments for your windows. Shop Blinds.com's anniversary sale right now through March 13th for up to 50% off. Again, save up to 50% off for limited time at Blinds.com. And when you check out, don't forget to tell them you heard about them at The Ben Shapiro Show. Rules and restrictions may apply. Okay, speaking of things that he wants to spend money on, he was touting the uh, Inflation Reduction Act was the president of the United States, slurring his words all the way through. And we'll get to the media reaction afterward. It is amazing how many people in the media whose professional job it is to look good on TV and say words in coherent fashion were able to pretend that Joe Biden was articulate last night. He could not get through a sentence without stumbling all over himself like one of the three stooges in a studio laden with banana peels. But apparently an amazing job. Here he was explaining that the Inflation Reduction Act has been a massive boon. What are you going to get money to pay for those medical bills? Are you going to have to sell the house or try to get a second mortgage on it? I get it. No, you don't. I get it. With the Inflation Reduction Act that I signed into law, we're taking on powerful interest to bring health care costs down so you can sleep better at night. And my favorite thing about the speech is where he proclaims that he's bringing costs down while bringing you historically high inflation, like 40-year highs in inflation. Of course, he had time to rip on Big Pharma, which is a laugh. As Candace Owens pointed out last night on our backstage, no one has made Big Pharma richer than a man who attempted to literally force 80 million people in the United States to vaccinate against their will. And Pfizer is very, very wealthy because President Joe Biden exists. And here we go. Big Pharma has been unfairly charging people hundreds of dollars, four to five hundred dollars a month, making record profits. Not anymore. And now what he's actually talking about here is he's trying to make the case that basically we should use the power of the federal government to crack down on the prices that are charged by the pharmaceutical companies for their drugs. Now, here's the problem with that. All the other countries on Earth with state-run systems bargain with the drug companies in order to drive the price down. They can only do that because we pay high prices. They are free riders. What we actually should do is if we're going to declare a trade war, this is one area where we actually should. We should force other countries to pay what the drugs are worth. Because what's happening right now is that essentially because we pay them more money through the private markets, all the big pharma companies are located in the United States. That is the reason. All medical development on planet Earth, essentially, is done in the United States. And that is for a reason. There are trade-offs in policy. This is one of them. You could get cheaper drugs from big pharma. Also, R&D would absolutely stop and you just would not have new drugs. This is, this is the bargain that people are, are cutting. But put policy aside, again, this guy saying that he wishes to impoverish Big Pharma is a joke. He has made Big Pharma richer than any president in American history, so far as I'm aware. But he didn't just tout the Inflation Reduction Act because it was going after Big Pharma, supposedly. Also, he says, we're tackling climate. Yay, folks, are you excited? Because we, we have endless, endless money, obviously. There's always more money. Look. The Inflation Reduction Act is also the most significant investment ever in climate change. Ever. Lowering utility bills, creating American jobs, leading the world to a clean energy future. I visited the devastating aftermath of record floods, droughts, storms, and wildfires from Arizona and New Mexico to all the way up to the Canadian border. More timber has been burned, as I've observed from helicopters, than the entire state of Missouri. And we don't have global warming? Not a problem. More timber has been bambody in the same city inside of Canada. He is, he is an amazing, amazing person. Amazing. 
Um, more timber has been burned that I've observed from helicopters than the entire state of Missouri. Yeah, how long was he on that helicopter for? Also, you're saying it's not global. Yes, I'm saying that's not global warming. I said that's, that's really crappy forestry policy in the state of California, particularly. That they left all of the dead brush out there to burn. This has been a longstanding problem in the state of California. But there you go. Joe Biden, he, he's, he's an amazing dude. Also, we're going to be spending money on electric vehicle charging stations. So you're saying to yourself, uh, I can't afford gas, and this doof wants to spend money to build electric vehicle charging stations to benefit people who can afford Teslas. Now, listen, works for me. I own a Tesla. However, I'm not looking for a subsidy from the president of the United States on this score. What he's really attempting to do, of course, is to pay union members, right? All the unions, the most corrupt bargain in American politics that nobody talks about is the fact that public sector unions working with the federal government are constantly getting giveaways from the taxpayer and then negotiating with the very people they help elect. It is open corruption. And Joe Biden is one of the most corrupt people in American politics. So here he was last night bragging about how it is vital that we create 500,000 electric vehicle charging stations that you cannot plug your car into because if you're like most Americans, you don't have an electric car. But we will be paying a bunch of union members who will then spend their union dues on reelecting Joe Biden. We're going to build 500,000 electric vehicle charging stations installed across the country by tens of thousands of IBW workers. And... We're helping families save more than $1,000 a year with tax credits to purchase electric vehicles and efficient, efficient appliances, energy-efficient appliances. Uh, so I'm just going to remind you, he says he's going to give you back um, $1,000 a year on your electric car. The base price for certain models of Tesla is $94,000. The Model S is $95,000. The Model Y, I'm looking at their website right now, is $55,000, the Model Y. So... Yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's great, Joe. I'm, I'm excited. Just very, very exciting stuff there from the, from the president of the United States. The Model 3 is $54,000, but you can save 1000 bucks because Joe Biden is going to give you a tax credit. And all of this ties into the climate crisis. Again, the, the government always needs a new crisis. So COVID is not a crisis anymore, according to the president of the United States. Sure, he is still using that as leverage in order to try to relieve student loan debt unconstitutionally, but it's not a crisis anymore. We need a new crisis. The new crisis, of course, is going to be that it's warm outside, guys, and it's going to get a little warmer over the course of the next hundred years. So you should freak out. Freak out, everybody. Here is Joseph R. Biden. Climate crisis doesn't care if you're in a red or blue state. It's an existential threat. We have an obligation, not to ourselves, but to our children and grandchildren to confront it. I'm proud of how, the, how America at last is stepping up to the challenge. We're still going to need oil and gas for a while. But guess what? No, we do. But there's so much more to do. And we're going to need oil and gas for, for a little while. Um, this line would come back to bite him later in the speech. In one of the most hilarious and dramatic moments of the speech, we'll get to that momentarily. First, let's talk about something that you can do that's actually good for your family, not sitting through the State of the Union address. I'm glad you didn't do that last night. I had to travel to Nashville just to do that last night. I got to tell you, it sucked. But if you want to do something great for your family, you should instead go on over to Legacy Box. If you're talking about something great you can do for your parents, something for your spouse, go out to your garage or your parents' garage. And what you will find there are a bunch of old videotapes. You don't have a VCR. You'll find a bunch of old film reels. You don't have a projector. You don't have any of the machinery that is necessary in order to access those memories. Do not let those memories just die. Instead, preserve your family's history with Legacy Box. Legacy Box is a simple, safe way to digitize your treasured videotapes, film reels, and photos. Everything is done by hand right here in the United States. Just send in your old media. Their team will send everything back on a thumb drive, DVD, or the cloud. I've done this a couple of times for my parents. I've done it 
in my own garage. And it's amazing because, again, you, you look at these old pictures, these old film reels, and you're accessing memories that have been hidden from view for decades in some cases. Visit LegacyBox.com slash Shapiro. Take advantage of an exclusive discount for my listeners. That's LegacyBox.com slash Shapiro for that exclusive offer. Again, LegacyBox.com slash Shapiro. Okay, so Joe Biden gets through his climate change, big spending nonsense, and then he gets to taxes. So how's he going to pay for all this? The answer, of course, is that he's going to yell at the, the rich people again and pretend they don't pay their fair share of taxes. Now, let me explain to you. Rich people don't only pay their fair share of taxes. They pay literally everyone's taxes. 57% of households in the United States pay no income tax. That does not sound fair to me. I have been at nearly every income bracket in American public life. And I can tell you this. I pay way the hell more taxes now than I did 15 years ago when I was in a much lower income tax bracket. Joe Biden proclaiming that people who are wealthy don't pay their fair share is sort of like proclaiming that the morbidly obese do not pay their fair share in terms of food. They really, really do. Okay, it turns out that the people who earn the most also pay the most in taxes, and they pay a disproportionate share in taxes. The percentage of money that, that the most wealthy in our society own compared to the amount of taxes that they pay. When you're talking about earned income, we're not talking about their assets that they already paid taxes on and then translate into real estate or stock or something. Wildly disproportionate. They pay more than they actually earn in terms of percentage taxes versus percentage of the income earned from the economy. Hey, but he's going to keep proclaiming forever and always that, that the rich aren't paying their fair share because if Joe Biden never told the truth about taxes, which is to pay for all of his garbage, you, like the normal middle class person, or you, the person at the bottom end of the spectrum, you're going to have to increase your taxes. If you ever said that, everybody would immediately dismiss him. By the way, the only person in American public life who's actually honest enough to say this on the left is Bernie Sanders. Bernie will be like, yeah, it's true. We're going to have to tax you. You make $30,000 a year. We need a 60% tax rate on you. It's the only way we can pay for all this. At least he's honest. Joe Biden's a liar, so here we go. No billionaire should be paying a lower tax rate than a school teacher or firefighter. Oh, I mean it. Think about it. Think about it. No, no, no billionaire should pay a lower tax rate than a school teacher. Or fire. No billionaire is paying a lower tax rate than a school teacher or firefighter. They're categorizing the income differently. They're billionaires who don't actually earn an income. They put all their money in their assets. Those assets, things like their stock, they're not actually earning money from the stock. The stock has not been sold, so the, the capital gain has not been realized. When it is, they will pay a capital gains tax. And he said last night, quote, I think a lot of you at home agree with me. Our present tax system is simply unfair. Well, I agree with you on that. He says, the idea that in 2020, 55 of the biggest companies in America made $40 billion in profits and paid zero in federal income taxes, that's simply not fair. What metrics are you using? An increased stock price does not mean that they realized a profit. That is not the same thing. It, it, it's, it's all ridiculous. And, and I think the most ridiculous thing, and this is really funny, is he started ripping on big oil. And then he got caught in the middle of one of his lies, like literally in the middle of the speech. And this is where the speech started to get actually mildly interesting and spicy. And this is because members of the crowd started laughing at him. He started to sort of play with the crowd. So the Republicans in the audience, Kevin McCarthy had told them beforehand, shut up, like, don't do this. And, uh, and many of them simply ignored him. And the reason that many of them simply ignored him is because the Republicans have a serious collective action problem, obviously. The incentives are misaligned. Democrats would like for Republicans to yell during the State of the Union address. Specifically, so that the media can claim that Joe Biden and Democrats are being victimized by the evil, terrible, out-of-control Republicans. This is one of their narratives. They can't really run on their amazing records. What they're going to run on is Republicans are out of control and crazy. So, so Democrats would like for Republicans to yell at them. Republicans, like Kevin McCarthy, would like for Republicans not to yell at Joe Biden because they figure, okay, it's just a speech. It'll be over in an hour, and then everyone will forget about it. But Joe Biden will be able to cut commercials off of yelling Republicans for a while. 
But if you are a Republican congressperson, the way that you get more famous and the, raise you may, the, the way that you raise more money is by being the person who yells at Joe Biden during a speech. So you have a serious collective action problem inside the Republican Party where you have certain people for whom it is in their interest to yell at Joe Biden. And then the general party, not super interested in yelling at Joe Biden. There was some of that last night. For my part, I don't care if anybody yells at Joe Biden. I really don't. I think our, our whole State of the Union malarkey, as Joe Biden might put it, our whole sort of pomp and circumstance, you can never say a word as the president spews lies over and over and over. I think it's stupid. I'd rather have this be like parliamentary question time in the UK where everybody just yells at the prime minister. It would be much more interesting and, and, and satisfying, frankly. But we did get a little bit of that last night. So here was a Joe Biden going after big oil and then tacitly admitting the reason why the oil companies are not building new refineries is because of him. Have you noticed big oil just reported his profits, record profits? Last year, they made $200 billion in the midst of a global energy crisis. I think it's outrageous. Why? They invested too little of that profit to increase domestic production. And when I talk to a couple of them, they say, we're afraid you're going to shut down all the oil wells and all the uh, oil refineries anyway, so why should we invest in them? I said, we're going to need oil for at least another decade. And that's going to exceed... And beyond that, we're going to need it. And everybody laughs at him. All the Republicans laugh at him, like open laughter. Because you know how long it takes to build an oil refinery and license an oil refinery? So what? They're supposed to sink hundreds of millions of dollars into building oil refineries that'll take seven years to build. And then three years later, your friends are going to shut it down? First of all, we're going to need oil a lot longer than that. Yeah, this is just stupid. But when Joe Biden says things like this, he's admitting the reason that they're not doing the thing is because of him. But he's a doddering fool, so of course he's admitting that. Okay, then the lies just continue to pace. His fiscal lies, he suggested that his administration has cut the deficit. This is not true. It is not true by any stretch of the imagination. In the last two years, my administration has cut the deficit by more than $1.7 trillion. No, it has not. The largest deficit reduction in American history. No. (laughs) Under the previous administration, the American deficit went up four years in a row. Okay, the, the deficit went up in absolute terms, meaning that the, the debt went up. Okay, here's, if you look at a chart of the American deficit, here's what it looks like year on year. Okay, so if you go from like 2016 to that 2012, it goes like this. Right? It steps up, 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 up. Then in 2020, because of COVID, it jumps really, really high because everybody just blew out the spending. And in 2021, when this dude took office, it went down a little bit from 2020, but it was still record highs in terms of the amount of debt that we were racking up. And then in 2022, it went down from 2021, but it was still way higher than the deficit was in, say, 2019, right? If you actually just remove 2020 and 2021, the COVID years, it is the highest deficit we have ever run. But he's saying it's a reduction because we didn't spend as much as we did in 2020, 2021, when COVID was a thing. So it's just, it's lying with statistics. And as as a famous person once said, there are lies, there are damn lies in their statistics, and Joe Biden is fluent in all three of those things. And this all led the way for he wants to spend as much money as you can possibly spend without any fight on the deficit ceiling. Right? This is this is what he wants. And this led him to to lie about things. I mean, open lies. And this, again, this is where it started to get kind of spicy in the room. Republicans were, were yelling at him because he was accusing them of a thing they are not going to do, namely negotiate over Social Security and Medicare over the debt ceiling. They're not doing this. Kevin McCarthy has already said they're not doing this. But Joe Biden lied about it in the room. And then he had to walk back his lies in real time because he was lying in the room. Some of my Republican friends want to take the economy hostage. I get it. 
unless I agree to their economic plans. All of you at home should know what those plans are. Instead of making the wealthy pay their fair share, some Republicans, some Republicans want Medicare and Social Security to sunset. I'm not saying it's a majority. Let me give you, anybody who doubts it, contact my office. I'll give you a copy. I'll give you a copy of the proposal. That means Congress doesn't vote. Well, I'm glad to see you. No, I tell you, I, I enjoy conversion. You know, it means if, if Congress doesn't keep the programs the way they are, they'd go away. Other Republicans say, I'm not saying it's a majority of you. I don't even think it's even a significant. But it's being proposed by individuals. I'm not politely not naming them, but it's being proposed by some of you. The idea is that we're not going to be we're, we're not going to be moved into being threatened to default on the debt if we don't respond. So, folks, as we all apparently agree, Social Security and Medicare is off the off the books now. Right? Uh, everybody said that Social Security and Medicare was not going to be part of the debt ceiling negotiation. Now, I, I will point out here that we are cruising for a bruising on Social Security and Medicare, and this is the highest form of demagoguery. The easiest thing in American public life, seriously, for a politician is to say, I'm not going to touch this massive entitlement program that will bankrupt the country. And if you do touch it, then you should be politically electrocuted. There's a reason why entitlement programs have long been considered the third rail of American politics. But let me just remind you that if Social Security and Medicare are not reformed, Brian Rydell from Manhattan Institute points this out, there will be a 15.3% payroll tax rising to 25% plus a value-added tax rising to 20% over the next few decades. That's what it would take to pay for the Congressional Budget Office's rosiest scenario. So a vast tax increase. There will be cuts in benefits. There will be changes in the retirement age. All those things are going to happen simply because circumstance will dictate that those things happen. But everybody in the room is going to cheer for themselves right now because nobody actually has the stones to do the hard thing. Now, should Republicans negotiate with Joe Biden over this? Of course they should not, because it's not going to happen. It would be stupid politics to do that. But Joe Biden is lying. I mean, when he says that there's a widespread Republican sentiment, that they're going to sunset Medicare or Social Security for the debt ceiling negotiations, he is just lying to you. It is not true. And so when everybody yells at him, Republicans are getting a lot of flack for this, but Joe Biden had to walk it back in real time. So at least credit to those Republicans for, for doing that much. As we'll see, it got a little bit worse later. They were yelling at him about fentanyl and blaming him for deaths on fentanyl. I don't think that's smart politics. Again, I don't care if people yell at Joe Biden during a speech. I'm fine with politicians taking it right on the chin from each other. In fact, more. I, I like more of that. But in terms of sort of the smart politics of it, not super smart. We'll get to that in a moment. Plus, we'll get to Joe Biden, who apparently cares a lot about baggage fees, but not so much about the rising threat of China. First, simple fact of the matter is that we hired the wrong guy for the job when it came to the president of the United States. You would not like to hire the wrong person for your job. Or how would you like your HR department to have to deal with Joe Biden. If you were the HR department at the White House and this dude is just walking around sniffing hair, would that make you a happy camper? Well, if you don't have HR at your company, you are making a large scale mistake. This is why you need Bambi. Bambi gives you access to your own dedicated HR manager. This person is available to you by phone, email, and real-time chat. They'll help you run employee onboarding, terminations, and performance reviews. With Bambi's HR autopilot feature, you can automate important HR practices like setting policies, employee training, and feedback procedures. All of Bambi's HR managers are based in the United States and can support the nuances across all 50 states. HR managers can easily cost 80 grand a year. Bambi starts just 99 bucks a month. So it takes a massive liability off your plate for a very, very low price. Go to Bambi.com right now. Type Ben Shapiro under podcast when you sign up. 
spelled B-A-M-B-E-E.com, Bambi.com. Type in Ben Shapiro. Again, you want to make sure you're covered on the HR front because simple fact matters. If you're not, you are leaving yourself wide open. Head on over to Bambi.com right now and type Ben Shapiro on your podcast when you sign up. That helps us and it helps them as well. Also, to celebrate President's Day this year, the Daily Wire is launching our President's for Sale sale with 40% off new annual memberships. The big guy got 10%. We're giving you 40%. Get access to the world of Daily Wire Plus with fearless documentaries, gripping movies, Dennis Prager's The Master's Program, the entire library of Dr. Jordan Peterson's work, including new productions like Exodus, Logos, and Literacy, and On Marriage, all available to watch right now. Coming down the pipeline to a TV or laptop near you. New episodes of my show, The Search, Exodus Part 2. I do take a part in that. Our much-anticipated DW Kids content. And later this year, our first dramatic series, Pendragon. To sweeten the deal like ice cream, we're also giving you up to 40% off select items in the Daily Wire shop. Take advantage of our President's for Sale sale today. You know he would. Just go to dailywire.com slash subscribe. Become a member today. That's dailywire.com slash subscribe. Okay. So once Joe Biden got past the debt ceiling stuff, we got sort of a grab bag of policies. And this is what most State of the Union addresses turn into, to be fair, to our no longer with it president of the United States. It just turned into him picking random apples off the policy tree. So he spent a bizarre amount of time on junk fees. Like he, he spent more time on junk fees, like baggage fees from your airline. He spent more time on that than he did on China, which seems like a misprioritization. I mean, I, I've noticed that, that he's spending an enormous amount of time on very small things and avoiding a lot of the big elephants in the room. So here he was yesterday going on and on about junk fees, which is, is a weird speech. You got an old dementia-ridden human being yelling at you about junk fees and baggage fees. Like, if I wanted to listen to my grandfather shout about baggage fees, I could just go over to the local old age home. I mean, what, what in the world? I know how unfair it feels. When a company overcharges you and gets away with it. Not anymore. We've written a bill to stop it all. It's called the Junk Fee Prevention Act. We're going to ban surprise resort fees that hotels charge on your bill. Baggage fees are bad enough. Airlines can't treat your child like a piece of baggage. Americans are tired of being. We're tired of being played for suckers. We're tired of being played for a second. They can't treat your child like a piece of baggage. You should kill your child in the womb. That's not right. The airlines, uh, they take your kids and they, they put them in a suitcase. They throw them in the bottom of the uh, airliners bouncing around in there. And then that's bad. They come out the other end and baggage handler is sniffing your panties and sniffing your child, which is in your baggage. We don't got to allow that anymore. Junk-free prevention, Moogle. Yeah! And Kamala is like, yes, Mr. President, yes, it's yes. Ah, uh, yeah. And then he paid homage to the greatest doctor of all and the true president of the United States, Dr. Jill Biden. How dare you suggest she's not a real doctor? She's the most doctory doctor, whoever doctor. I mean, sure, she can't actually do anything if you're sick, but here we go. Jill, my wife, who teaches full time. No, she doesn't. As an expression. I hope I get it right, kid. Any nation that out-educates us is going to out-compete us. Any nation that out-educates is going to out-compete us. Folks, we all know 12 years of education is not enough to win the economic competition of 21st century. We want to have the best educated workforce. Let's finish the job by providing access to preschool for three and four years old. Yes, amazing idea. Our education system is garbage from K through 12. Let's add two more years of garbage education. And let's mess up all of our higher education as well by forcing equity on them. Great idea, Joe. Genius stuff. And of course, we have money for this. There's always money for this. Okay, he got to COVID as well. 
And again, it is amazing to me how he treats COVID as a magical thing that just sort of happened to his administration, as opposed to him botching nearly every area of COVID policy at his policy to botch. Here we go with him ignoring the fact that he is not responsible for any of the things he is about to say that are good. And he is responsible for most of the things he's about to say that are bad. In the midst of the COVID crisis, when schools were closed. Why were they closed? And we were shutting down everything. Let's recognize how Who far is we, we came in the fight against the pandemic itself. While the virus is not gone, thanks to the resilience of the American people and the ingenuity of medicine, we've broken the COVID grip on us. COVID deaths are down by 90%. We've saved millions of lives and opened up our country. We opened our country back up. And soon we'll end the public health emergency. You didn't open the country back up. It took you until like May of this year to declare the public health emergency over. If it were up to them, they would have kept the country shut down pretty much forever. It was only when the eventuality of Americans being sick of staying in their homes began to rear its ugly head that Joe Biden and the rest of the Democrats had to actually toe the line. He also blamed, by the way, COVID for the spike in violent crime. It had nothing to do with his entire party embracing the idea that the police are evil. And as we'll get to in just a moment, he actually once again embraced the idea that the police are evil. Apparently, it was just COVID. When a virus hits, people just go and murder people. Did you know that? It has nothing to do with bad government policy. It has nothing to do with allowing rioters to run amok in the streets in the name of, quote unquote, racial justice. It has to do with people getting sick and dying of COVID when they're 80 years old. That, that, now, I know that you might be missing the correlation here like any rational human being. Joe Biden isn't missing the correlation. According to him, crime spiked in 2020 because of COVID. It had nothing to do with giant protests that enervated police departments around the country and led to a massive spike in murder rates that continued into 2021 and 2022 under his presidency. COVID left its scars like the spike in violent crime in 2020, the first year of the pandemic. We have an obligation to make sure all people are safe. Public safety depends on public trust, as all of us know. But too often that trust is violated. Okay, so according to Joe Biden, it was all, it was all COVID policy that led to uh, the spike in crime. Had nothing to do with the anti-police stuff that he's been pushing. By the way, he did push a bunch of anti-police stuff last night. He had the Tyree Nichols family join him at the State of the Union. Again, one of the things I hate most about the State of the Union is it was started by Ronald Reagan. At the time, it was supposed to be sort of a fresh thing to spice up the State of the Union address, which is he would call up to the balcony and be like, Give a hand to Bob. Bob's great. And Bob started his own small business and he's doing an amazing job. Hand for Bob. Everybody would cheer. It was great. And now it's let me bring my litany of victims who I can use as props for my political point of view. So he brought the family of Tyree Nichols, a black man killed in a confrontation. And when I say confrontation, I mean they were literally holding his hands behind his back and punching him by five black police officers. But according to Joe Biden, that's about race. Of course, of course, because it is always about race. It does not matter that this story is not a racial story. It is a race story, according to Joe Biden. And it's also a racial police story, according to Joe Biden. The police are bad. The police are a problem. The police need to be blamed, broad writ, for bad actions by certain people in certain cities. That's what needs to happen. Also, it's COVID's fault that the crime rate is going up. Here was Joe Biden, who was taking advantage of the truly tragic death of a person beat to death, it seems, by the cops, um, to, to pretend that it's all about racism and then give us the talk. Join us tonight are the parents of Tyree Nichols. Welcome. We had to bury Tyree last week. As many of you personally know, there's no words to describe the heartache or grief of losing a child. But imagine, imagine if you lost that child at the hands of the law. Imagine having to worry whether your son or daughter came home from walking down the street 
playing in the park or just driving a car. That's what happens Most when cops shoot people randomly. Have never had to have the talk, the talk that brown and black parents have had to have with their children. Bo, Hunter, Ashley, my children. I never had to have the talk with them. I never had to tell them if a police officer pulls you over, turn your interior lights on right away. Don't reach for your license. Keep your hands on the steering wheel. The police are all racist, guys. Imagine having to worry like that every single time your kid got in a car. Okay, um, there are 40 million black Americans in this country. And the number of black Americans who are shot well unarmed in the United States every year is maybe two dozen on the high end. If you are deeply worried every time you get in a car that you're going to get shot by a cop, you are, you are misprioritizing your worries. You are statistically inaccurate in your worries. By the way, I was under the impression that pretty much everybody, like in driver's ed, is told how to handle it when a cop pulls you over. You keep your hands on the steering wheel. You don't reach for the glove compartment because there might be a gun in there and cops have to be on their guard, for example. I was given that talk by my parents. And I was like a middle to upper middle class Jewish kid. In any case, the notion that this has no impact on crime rates when you just rip the cops, broad, broadly speaking, and you keep suggesting that the mistrust between populations and the cops is justified is, of course, wrong and bad. But Joe Biden did that last night. He, he did tend to backload in this speech, I will say, the more controversial portions of the speech. He, he filled up the middle of the speech with all this garbage about junk fees and resort fees, because I know that's top, top of mind for you, is that that resort fee that you were charged on the vacation you couldn't go to this year because of his inflation. But um, he backloaded a bunch of the more controversial stuff he called for gun control. When he got to the border, then we got another one of these confrontations between Joe Biden and, uh, and the rest of Congress. So here he was complaining about border policy and suggesting the only way to solve the border policy is for mass legalization of illegal immigrants to take place, which, of course, is not really the problem. The big problem is that you left the border wide open, you doof. But American border problems won't be fixed until Congress acts. If we don't pass my comprehensive immigration reform, comprehensive we at least pass my plan to provide the equipment and officers to secure the border. <laughs> and a pathway to citizenship for dreamers, those on temporary status, farm workers, essential workers. By the way, if Joe Biden put up a bill tomorrow to fund the border patrol, that would pass unanimously if Democrats could get off their hands. But of course, that's not what he's proposing. At all. During this portion of the speech, by the way, Joe Biden also started talking about, you know, deaths from fentanyl. And he was yelled at for that uh, here. He was yelled at because Republicans are like, dude, when you when you're talking about deaths from fentanyl, that's because of your border policy. Deaths from fentanyl have spiked because you left a wide open border and you have drug mules who are packing that stuff across the border. And so they, they tried to. So this this was a moment where a couple Republicans yelled at him, suggesting that a specific fentanyl death is, is Joe Biden is to blame for that. I'm not a huge fan of that kind of politics because I don't think that you can link any single death to the policies of the president of the United States. However, if you're saying that the increase in fentanyl overdoses in the United States is due in large part to his border policies, that part's true. Here is Joe Biden on fentanyl and Republicans yelling at him. Fentanyl is killing more than 70,000 Americans a year. They're shouting border. You got it. Because somebody shouted, it's your fault. Well, I mean, that part is true. I mean, if you leave the border wide open and then fentanyl is pouring across it, it is kind of your fault. I've noticed that this border crisis has not existed under any other president to this magnitude. 
The media, as we'll see, were very exercised about this part, where Republicans got mad and, and yelled at, at Joe Biden. Okay, but the biggest applause line of the night, if you were a Democrat, came when he said he wants to kill more babies. There's so much grandstanding in these State of the Union addresses, it really is pathetic. Part of that grandstanding involves claiming that Republicans are going to pass a bill to ban all abortions in the United States in a Congress where they do not control the Senate. And then they're going to send it to a Democratic president. It ain't going to happen. Joe Biden grandstanded on it, of course. Congress must restore the right that was taken away in Roe v. Wade and protect Roe v. Wade. Give every woman a constant right. The vice president and I are doing everything to protect access to reproductive health care and safeguard patient safety. Um, yeah, that's um, that's just that, that's wonderful. The biggest cheers of the night for more dead babies. Really solid stuff. Joe Biden also, again, he backloaded a lot of the controversial stuff, figuring people would tune out. But he also talked about the trans kids, right? Trans kids, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. And it's, it's all biological. It is not a social contagion in any way, shape or form, despite the fact that Pretty much all the trans kids are popping up in very blue enclaves in very blue areas. Apparently, the, it's, it's a problem affecting all of us. And if we can't trans the kids, man, what is America even for, says Joe Biden. Let's also pass the Bipartisan Equality Act to ensure LGBTQ Americans, especially transgender young people, can live with safety and dignity. What is a transgender young person? Again, I, I want him to explain how a five-year-old is transgender. Please, please explain to me how a five-year-old boy is actually a girl. Explain the biology, Joe. Explain how it works. He can't, of course. It's all propagandistic nonsense. Okay, then he came to foreign policy. Don't worry, guys. We're getting close to the end, kind of, kind of. He got to foreign policy. And this part was pretty galling, considering the fact that we spent the last week watching a giant Chinese spy balloon float directly across the continental United States, like all the way from Montana over the entire continental United States, across South Carolina, and then it gets shot down over the ocean. Joe Biden tried to play that as though he is doing an amazing job confronting China which would come as a shock to pretty much everyone who watched a giant Chinese spy balloon fly across the entirety of the continental United States while we did nothing about it. So here is Joe Biden clip 28 talking about how the People's Republic of China is, is really on the run, which again, no, they, they are not. Before I came to office, the story was about how the People's Republic of China was increasing its power and America was failing in the world. Not anymore. We made clear, and I made clear in my personal conversations, which have been many, with President Xi, that we seek competition, not conflict, but make no mistake about it. As we made clear last week, if China threatens our sovereignty, we will act to protect our country, and we did. We, we, we were so strong, we shot down a balloon, a big old balloon. And then he started really shouting. Now, I don't know if the drugs finally kicked in and he took them too close to time and finally like, but or he got overstimulated by all the shiny lights that were in the room or what exactly happened here. But he just started randomly yelling. It was super weird. Uh, here was an old man yelling at clouds for you. Autocracy has grown weaker, not stronger. Name me a world leader who changed places with Xi Jinping. Name me one. Name me one. <laughs> What the actual F? Name name me one! Name me one! Do it! Or I'll punch you in the mouth! Dog face poison! Name me one! What? 
Um, okay, so I could name you probably a hundred world leaders who would change places with Xi Jinping. He is, in fact, the dictatorial authoritarian leader of a country with extraordinary world power, a huge economy, and a billion people over whom he presides. I could name you many world leaders who would change places with Xi Jinping. But Joe Biden is a weird old man. I mean, he's a really weird old guy. So, all right. Finally, we get to the conclusion of his speech. And the conclusion of his speech, this great unifying president, so unifying, so bipartisan, is you hit Paul Pelosi in the head with a hammer, didn't you? It was you. Now, you may have thought that it was some weird, homeless, drunk guy who was a career nudist, high on drugs. And you, you may have thought, well, isn't the problem there that there's a huge crime and drug problem in Nancy Pelosi City? Wrong you are. It was you. I don't know if you have an alibi for that night. I don't know what you were, you thought you were having dinner with your kids, putting them to bed. Maybe doing a little bit of work, sitting on the TV, watching some TV with the wife, sitting on the couch, watching some TV with the wife. Yeah, that's what you thought you were doing that night. In actuality, you were breaking into Nancy Pelosi's home and hitting Paul Pelosi in the head with a hammer. You. Yes, you. And the reason you were doing it is because you voted for Trump, didn't you? You, you Trump voters, you MAGA, maggot, MAGA, MUGA, MAGA, super, ultra, MAGA, duper, super, pooper, scooper, MAGA. It was you. You took a ball-peen hammer and you smashed old Paul directly in the crowd. Like, what is this? What is this? So he gets to the end of the speech. And after being like, I'm bipartisan, we all work together to, to spend more money than God has ever created because that's the United States and the soul of America and and no. And, and, he, and he finishes up by explaining that you, yes, you, Bill, I'm talking to you right now. Twas thee who smashed Paul Pelosi in the head. <laughs> oh, God, here we go. The last few years, our democracy has been threatened and attacked, put at risk, put to the test in this very room on January the 6th. And then just a few months ago, an unhinged big lie assailed unleashed a political violence, the home of the then Speaker of the House of Representatives, using the very same language the insurrectionists used as they stalked these halls and chanted on January 6th. Here tonight in this chamber is a man who bears the scars of that brutal attack, but is as tough and as strong and as resilient as they get. My friend, Paul Pelosi, Paul Stanley. So you thought you had nothing to do with that. And then it was a crazy guy, high on drugs, who hit Paul Pelosi in the head with a hammer. It turns out it was you. And also it was Donald Trump. Does Donald Trump actually have an alibi for that night? Or is it giant orange man smashing Paul Pelosi in the head with a ballpoint hammer? Is that what was got? This is just shades of his Philadelphia speech where democracy is a threat, which is why you have to leave the old man in charge, spend all the money and take more authoritarian control over your daily life. That is the important thing. He concluded with a call for an end to political violence in the nation. Uh, there, no, no mention, by the way, of all the attacks on pro-life facilities all over the United States. No mention of the threats to the members of the Supreme Court, which were essentially greenlit by his own White House press secretary, who's like, oh, well, if people just protest outside the, the houses of Supreme Court justice, what could be the problem? No mention of any of that. He, he stands for peace and justice, does the president of the United States. We must all speak out. There's no place for political violence in America. We have to protect the right to vote, not suppress the fat fundamental right. No one's suppressing the, the right to vote. Our elections, not subvert the will of the people. Mm. We have to uphold the rule of law and restore trust in our institutions of democracy. And we must give hate and extremism in any form no safe harbor. And Ilhan Omar is sitting there clapping. Uh -huh. it, it, the, the hypocrisy, the gaslighting in these speeches is beyond compare. Okay, all of this brings us to our treasured media. So it, you knew it was coming. The media declared this. You, you've heard a lot of the speech at this point, right? I've played you many minutes 
of this of this geriatric fool yelling at, at the clouds and at you and talking about junk fees and baggage fees and shooting down Chinese balloons and Paul Pelosi's head and all the rest of this. And it, did you find it inspiring? I mean, just straight up. Republican, Democrat, Independent. Did you, you listen to that? And you're like, my God, that man is a sterling orator. He's the modern day Demosthenes. He, he has all of the qualities of Barack Obama and Ronald Reagan and Winston Churchill rolled into one in terms of his verbal approach. The dexterity, the fluency, just astonishing. Is that what you were thinking when you listened to this man slur one long word? Speak an entire speech as though he had potatoes that had been mashed in his mouth? As he, as he babbled nonsensically and then had to back off his points in the middle of the speech? Is that what you Well, that's what our media got from him. Our media, who are high on their own farts, they locked themselves in the car and they farted their way through this entire speech and then really enjoyed the smell. They, uh, they were just gushing, just gushing. So over on CNN, Chris Wallace and Jake Tapper, they were like, this was an amazing speech. It was just, I mean, have you ever seen a speech like that? It was, it was incredible. It was inspiring. It was, it was just, it reminded you of the best of America. Saying the state of our union is strong. He was feisty. He was combative, at times even responsive to the crowd, his second state of the union address. The president was heckled quite often and quite rudely Rude. by many oh. of the same House Republicans who made the speaker's life so difficult a month ago when we were sitting. And what everybody's going to remember, what all the clips are going to be tomorrow morning on the news are of that moment when the president, I don't know that you could say he baited or provoked them, but he certainly was very happy when he got the response he got from Republicans. Oh, it was, it was amazing. I mean, they, they were so rude. They were so terrible. Oh, so rude. So terrible. This man gave a speech in front of a blood-red Independence Hall declaring half the American population extremist enemies of the Republic. So forgive me if people saying that he was lying when he was lying does not get me exorcised. Meanwhile, Wolf Blitzer said it was the best speech I ever saw Joe Biden give. Now, granted, that is a very low bar, but here is Wolf Blitzer. And we're up here on Capitol Hill right now. Uh, Casey Hunt and Caitlin Collins are with me. You know, Caitlin, uh, I've heard uh, President Biden going back to his 36 years in the U.S. Senate deliver a lot of speeches over the years. I've covered him for many, many years. I've gotten to know him a bit. Uh, I think this was the best speech I have ever heard him deliver. He was passionate. It was extremely well written. He clearly had practiced it. Uh, and he, he, he delivered a powerful message to the American people. As, as Wolf Blitzer. So, you know, last night on our Backstage Live, we had a, a little hand puppet made from a paper bag of Joe Biden's face that we, we did some jokes with and I, I manipulated. And, you know, I, I had my hand in the, in the paper bag. Well, I mean, that was unusual because normally it's the legacy media that has its head up Joe Biden's ass. And, uh, and Wolf Blitzer really brought that energy. So did Joy Reid last night. Joy Reid was just gushing. She was, oh, so inspiring. So I have to say, these people are good actors. They're good at pretending. I could not, I could not pretend this way. I could certainly not pretend if, if a Republican spoke this poorly, I, I could not pretend they did an amazing job. Here, here is Joe Biden's apparently greatest cheerleader, Joy Reid. It's literally and they it's do. brilliant speechcraft, honestly. Brilliant speechcraft. Brilliant. Joe Biden's sort of natural, pugnacious, sort of lighthearted pugnaciousness to his advantage and to their extreme disadvantage. The things they're howling at are not arguable. Rick Scott not only proposed sunsetting Social Security, he wrote it down and put it forward as their plan for America to Mitch McConnell's outrage. He was yes. like, don't write that down and publish it. But he was like, no, I'm going to go on Fox News and defend yeah. it. So he's right on the facts. 
He literally said, okay, fine, offer your plan. He starts riffing with them. And as you said, Chris, they're literally arguing with the only guy with a microphone, and he held that stage. This was Biden, I think, at his best. He was, he was so good. I mean, he held, guys, he's the president. What did you think he was going to do? Start crying? Like, run away? It was, it was, wow, it was a magic moment, magic moment. Meanwhile, Rachel Maddow, who is back from, I don't even know where she's been, Rachel Maddow, or was she Chris Hayes? I, I, it's hard for me to tell. They, they leave one pair of glasses on the desk over at MSNBC, and then the, the various anchors trade them. And here is Rachel Maddow saying it was filled with pace and energy. That man had his insured today, did he? was long in word count, but it was delivered with a lot of energy and a lot of pace and a combativeness and sort of liveliness that I'm not sure that I've ever seen in this particular type of presidential address. Oh, wow. I'm mean, just inspiring. Are you inspired? You feeling inspired? So the media today are going to be about how he's going to get a bounce, getting a big boost off of it. No, he won't. He won't. People seven minutes from now are not going to remember the State of the Union address. Now, what the, the media are really going to focus on are not, they're not going to focus on Biden's performance. They're going to focus on the pugnacity of his opposition. They're going to focus on the fact that Republicans were yelling at him. And so Joe Scarborough led the way this morning over on MSNBC. He was saying, Republicans are so terrible, they couldn't even stand up for how amazing Joe Biden is. They couldn't even, the dumbest game in the State of the Union politics is who stood up for what? Who cares? Cares. It's stupid. It's all, st- hmm. Joe Scarborough. Talk about supply chains, Congresswoman. And Republicans can't cheer about having the supply chain start in America. <laughs> Republicans can't cheer, Gene, yeah. about bringing uh, manufacturing jobs home. Yeah. And the one that I thought was just the craziest thing in the world was when Biden just set it up like every great politician does. Let me tell you something. When things go bad in America, we come out of it stronger and the hell with the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. They think we're weak. Let me tell you, American democracy is stronger and more resilient than ever. Boom. Everybody stands up. No, they don't. No, they Republicans don't. could not stand up for the greatness of America. They stayed seated. You're so boring. Meanwhile, CNN's Caitlin Collins, she says that um, she, she confronted a GOP representative on, do you think it was okay to yell at Joe Biden? I mean, that was, guys, we have to have civility. Civility is the thing. I mean, sure, he's calling you all essentially responsible for the attempted murder of the Speaker of the House's husband. But, I mean, you guys were yelling at him. As the president was talking about fentanyl and what a problem that is in this country, which I think anyone would acknowledge. A Republican from Tennessee, one of your colleagues, Rep. Andy Ogles, uh, shouted at the president after he was talking about a, a father whose daughter had died as, as a result of fentanyl, shouted, it's your fault at the president. Say what you will about the heckling last night. Some people thought it was lively and added to it. But in that moment, was that appropriate? Was that appropriate? I mean, it's, uh, what I need to hear is about appropriateness from Caitlin Collins sitting next to Don Lemon, the least appropriate anchor in American public life. So will there be any real fallout from this? Not really. Actually, the person who did the best last night was Sarah Huckabee Sanders. So her Republican response last night was actually quite good. Uh, it's very rare that you see a Republican response that's, that's any good. And I thought that, that Sarah did actually a really nice job with the, with the Republican response. And while you reap the consequences of their failures, the Biden administration seems more interested in woke fantasies than the hard reality Americans face every day. Most Americans simply want to live their lives in freedom and peace. But we are under attack in a left-wing culture war we didn't start and never wanted to fight. 
Every day we are told we must partake in their rituals, salute their flags, and worship their false idols. All while big government colludes with big tech to strip away the most American thing there is, your freedom of speech. That's not normal. It's crazy. And it's wrong. Make no mistake. Republicans will not surrender this fight. We will lead with courage and do what's right not what's politically correct or convenient. By the way, there is a new generation of Republican leaders who are rising, and they are going to be a real threat to Joe Biden and his Democratic dominance right now. It's going to be people like Sarah Sanders. It's going to be people like Ron DeSantis. It's going to be people like Tim Scott. It's going to be, there's like a whole generation of new Republican leaders who are going to be much better at this than I think some of the older Republican leaders have been. Okay, I'm in a really bad mood, so we're not going to do any things that I like today. We're, we're just going to do a few things that I hate. So thing I hate, number one. So my friend Joe Rogan yesterday, uh, or a couple of days ago, he had on Sagar and Chetty and uh, Crystal Ball. They are the hosts of Breaking Points, which is a political podcast, which is, which is fun to listen. It's, it's interesting work to listen. Uh, Crystal Ball was doing a full-scale defense of Ilhan Omar being a raging Jew hater. And uh, Joe Rogan, being Joe, was, was riffing. And as he was riffing, he just sort of dumped out a, a idea about Jews that is at the very least, not good. Because I'm friends with Joe, I'm going to chalk this up to Joe just riffing. There are a couple of ways to interpret what he is saying right here. Suffice it to say that the meme that Jews are into money, like disproportionately into money, like Jews love the money, that is anti-Semitic. Okay, if you say Jews love money more than other people love money, I'm going to need some evidence on that score, number one. Number two, it it is, in fact, an anti Jewish statements who suggest that Jews have a particular love for the moolah because they are corrupt or terrible or whatever. That, that all ties into. So here was the, the bit that went viral yesterday from Joe's show. Next to Ilian Omar, where she's uh, she's apologizing for talking about it's all about the Benjamins. Yeah. Which is just about money. She's right. talking about she money. She shouldn't have apologized. That I mean, was I'll not, go ahead that's and not say an anti-Semitic it. statement. I don't think that is. It's about Benjamins or money. You know, the, the idea that Jewish people are not into money is ridiculous. Listen. That's like saying uh, Italians aren't into pizza. It's f- <laughs> stupid. Listen. Okay, so there are a couple ways to read that, right? One is the anti-Semitic way, which is Jews are disproportionately into money, right? And, and the Italians are into pizza. Like, Italians are disproportionately into pizza. Jews are, are into money. Or J- Italians invented pizza. Jews invented money. Like, the Jews are in control of world finance. That's one way to read it. The other way to read that is that what he is saying is that Jews like money like everybody else likes money. Italians like pizza like everybody else likes pizza. Okay, that is one way to rate it. I'll leave it up to you, which one you think is more accurate. However, to pretend that that's actually what Ilhan Omar was saying is not true, okay? Ilhan Omar, when she said it's all about the Benjamins, she was specifically referring to American support for Israel, and the suggestion was that AIPAC was paying members of Congress using Jew money in order to get people to support Israel. That was the suggestion from the All About the Benjamins tweet. Okay, so this obviously has gone viral. I know Joe well. Joe is not an anti-Semite. Um, that statement is is not good. And, um, you know, I assume that if I called Joe up, he would he would say that he meant the second thing, not the first thing. That's what I will assume from that, because, again, I know Joe. OK, other things that I hate. So uh, there's been this uh, this story about a Twitch star who apparently was now being she, her face was essentially grafted onto AI pornography. So as a not fan of pornography, as a person who thinks that pornography is one of the scourges of Western public life, I have a lot of sympathy for this person. So her name is QT Cinderella. That's what she calls herself. Her real name is Blair. And she was a victim of deep fake porn. 
So people pasted her face onto a pre-existing adult video to make it look like she was appearing in the pornography. And people were making fun of her because she was emotional about this. Here is what she sounded like. If you are able to look at women who are not selling themselves or benefiting off of being seen sexually, they're not benefiting, they're not selling it, they're not platforming it themselves. If you are able to look at that, you are the problem. You see women as an object. You should not be okay doing that. And it should not be a part of my job to have to pay money to get this stuff taken down. It should not be part of my job to be harassed, to see pictures of me nude spread around. It should not be something that is found on the internet. It shouldn't be. That's That shouldn't be a part of my job. And the fact that it is, is exhausting. And to the person that made that website, I'm going to f sue you. This is what it looks like to feel violated. This is what it looks like to feel taken advantage of. Okay, so people are making fun of her. I saw some on the right, some on the left, people making fun of her. Uh, my sympathies are all with her. Yes, she was exploited. Yes, she was violated. Yes, there is something deeply wrong with taking a person's face and posting it on another person's naked body and then pretending that, that person engaged in pornography. But there is something that our culture refuses to say here, and that is that pornography is bad. It is bad for the person who is actively consenting to porno the pornography. It's bad for the person who is utilizing the pornography. It's bad for the person like this person who is caught apparently in the crossfire having nothing to do with pornography. But you can say it is bad for people to make pornography and to consume pornography. It's okay to say that. On a moral level, it is a bad thing. Pornography is not a net positive for society. It is not a net neutral for society. It teaches men to treat women as sex objects. Obviously, this is the case. And whether women consent to it or not, it is still wrong, by the way. It's particularly wrong for her because as she says, I, I didn't even consent to be part of this, and now you're treating me as a sex object by pasting my face onto nudes of somebody else. And she's totally right about that. But we can also add that even if she had consented to it, which she did not, it would still be wrong. It is bad for the soul. Human beings are not supposed to see each other that way ideally, which is why we used to confine sexual activity to marriage and commitment and love. And now we no longer do. And the wages of that are an incredibly destructive culture that, that catches innocent people like this person in the crossfire. Alrighty, guys, we've reached the end of today's show. But if you're not a member, you should be. You should become a member and use code Shapiro at checkout for two months free on all annual plans. Click the link in the description. Get all of our extra content, including me answering your questions in the mailbag every single day and all, all access and all of our other good stuff. Go check it out right now over at dailywireplus.com. Did you know that mRNA vaccines are approved for use in pigs in the United States? Not to mention 85% of the beef sold in your local grocery store is imported. In fact, over 5 billion pounds of meat was imported just last year. There's so much mystery surrounding our meat, which is why I'm so grateful for my Good Rancher subscription. I know that I don't have to worry about imported meat or unknown vaccines in the food that I feed my family. Good Ranchers is saying mRNO to mRNA by offering a free 10-pound Easter ham with any subscription. Unlike the pork from the grocery store, Good Ranchers ham is guaranteed 100% free from mRNA vaccines. This is a $119 value, absolutely free with code DAILYWIRE. Go to GoodRanchers.com and say mRNO to mRNA by subscribing today. You have a right to know exactly what's in your food, and Good Ranchers is dedicated to protecting that right and providing your family with the best meat in America, free from any unknown and potentially harmful additives. Go to GoodRanchers.com and subscribe to any of their boxes and use code DAILYWIRE at checkout. 
Every subscription will come with a free Heritage Ham, $25 off, and Good Ranchers Lifetime Quality Commitment. That's GoodRanchers.com, code DailyWire.